many times our lives just look like a big mess. On this edition of Emerging Daily. But really, it's falling into place and it's all working out according to a plan. You are good enough for God. Don't allow yourself to feel separated from God because God has not separated from you. Nothing that you have done or will do comes as a surprise to God. The purpose of it all is to get what is in us out, to allow that deposit of God within us to come forth. Just take a breath right now. And just say, thank you. Thank you, God. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. But you're right where you should be right now, right this minute. And this is the only time that you have. You don't have a tomorrow. There is no such thing as tomorrow. And there really isn't a, such a thing as yesterday. There's only the now. That that makes you, you, is actually God. It come from God. Allow it to work in you. Allow it to to do its thing. Don't fight the process. Don't compare yourself to somebody else. Don't compare your life to somebody else's. Look at where you are because you're unique. You are good enough for God, but you're not there yet. You're good enough, but not yet. This is Emerging Daily with Charlton Scott Fisher. Scott is the founder and leader of Emerge Nashville, a spiritual refuge that's an evolving ministry expressing radical grace every day. Emerge is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your tax-deductible gift and to learn more about Emerge, visit EmergeNashville.org or email EmergeNashville at gmail.com. We hope this program will help you to emerge as pure gold and to steer you to put love into action. If you like good old country cooking, then you're going to love Bale's Little Country Kitchen, located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon, right in the heart of Middle Tennessee. Bale's Little Country Kitchen is family-owned and operated, and is Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. They have a terrific breakfast and lunch menu, as well as awesome specials throughout the week, like the Friday night, all you care to eat catfish dinner and fixings, and their Saturday morning breakfast bar. And now, they've teamed up with We Deliver to bring their super southern food right to your home or office. You can find out more by going to their website, bellslebanon.com, where you can see their menu and specials, and even order delivery. That's bellslebanon.com. Located at 210 West High Street in Lebanon. You're going to love Bell's Little Country Kitchen, Lebanon's new favorite place for great country cooking. I want to welcome you to this edition of Emerging Daily. I am Scott Fisher, and before we get started any further, I want to apologize for the previous edition of the podcast. Um, 
and the lack of quality of sound. I was having problems with the mic that I didn't really realize because I can't, it's hard for me to just sit right in front of the computer screen, uh, staring at a mic and staring at the screen and, and doing it that way. I have to stand up and walk around a little bit, uh, uh, sometimes. And so I didn't realize that it, the sound quality was, was not coming through properly. And I apologize for that. When I finally realized that it was really just too late to try to re-record it. And, um, so we, I tried to fix it and it just, it fixed, I fixed it as, as, as well as I could, but it still wasn't great. And I apologize for that. Hopefully today's is better. I'm trying to monitor it a little close, more closely. Uh, but today I want to look at how that many times our lives just looks like a big mess, but really it's falling into place and, and it's all working out according to a plan. I don't know if you've ever heard of, there was a man uh, named Gerald Mann. <laughs> uh, he preached in Austin, Texas, I believe it was. I can't even remember the name of the church right now, but I used to listen to him quite often. Uh, he was he was different in his approach and in his presentation. When he would speak, he would, uh, sometimes he would stand up and walk around a little, and sometimes he would sit on a stool and it was actually the first time I'd ever seen a a preacher sit on a stool to preach and but his messages were not always very deep in the sense of uh providing a lot of just deep theological thought or anything like that but they were they were insightful uh in that he spoke to the people he was speaking to in a way that brought new light into areas of their life that maybe they didn't really understand how God was working in their life. And he helped bring a little bit of light into that. One of the things that he said that really at first struck me as just being wrong. And, and as I thought about it, meditated on it, it was like the spirit of the Lord within me said, he's right on target. But he said, periodically but quite often he would tell the people in his church and the people that were listening he'd say you are good enough for god and when i first the first time i heard that i thought well that's crazy that's we're good enough for god and then the more i thought about it the more i realized yes we are we are good enough for god you are good enough for god right where you are right now today you are good enough for god jesus in his ministry that was one of the things that he shared with people was, hey, you're okay. Don't allow yourself to feel separated from God because God has not separated from you. God is always right there, right there where you are. God is. And he's saying, you are good enough for me. I love you. You're my child. And sometimes it's hard for us to wrap our minds around that. We look at our life and we see a mess sometimes. And he's saying, everything in your life has led you to where you are right now. And it's for a purpose. Now, that purpose isn't to always get us rich and famous. And sometimes I think that that is the message that's implied or that is understood many times in the, the way that many ministers today present what they're teaching. And that if you're not rich and famous or if you're not well off, or if your life isn't just cookie cutter, then something's wrong with you. No, everything in your life has been for a purpose and it's to bring you where you are right now. 
Because God's plan for us is not for us the way we think. What he's trying to do, what, what Spirit is trying to do, is to bring about the manifestation of that deposit that is within each of us. That spark of God, that Christ nature, the Buddha nature, however you want to term it, whatever word you want to call it, that part of God that is in us, that seed that's there, and it's in every one of us. Everything in your life is to bring forth that seed, to bring forth the fruit from that seed, to bring forth that plant. You know, Jesus said first the corn, then the ear, then the full corn in the ear. And it's a process. Every part of our life is a part of that process. Every part of it, even the parts we don't like, are a part of that process. It's not to bring us fame and fortune. It's to bring us to a place that that deposit within us is the fruit of it comes forth. So everything in your life, one of the things, one of the ways you can look at it is like this. God is making a cake or a pie out of you. And I don't know if you've ever baked. I'm not a great baker. I cook a lot sometimes, but I don't bake a lot. But if you've ever baked, you know that it can get messy. And, uh, you know, you've got, you've got milk, you've got, you've got flour, you've got all these different ingredients. Um, you've got oil and you've got eggs. I've never seen anybody bake anything without eggs. I guess it's maybe possible, but I've never experienced it. But one of the things about eggs is they have to be cracked. You can't get what's in there out until you crack it. You've got to crack an egg to get the, the egg out of the shell. It has to be cracked. And what's happening many times in our lives, when we think it's so messy, is God's just cracking some eggs, that's all. He's cracking some eggs in our life. And then when you get to mixing it, sometimes that gets messy. You get to mixing the ingredients. And that gets a little messy. And even if you're a good, if you're a, a wonderful chef, you're still going to get sometimes a little flour on the counter. You're going to spill a little bit of milk, maybe. But you know where you're going. You, you know the expected end that you have. You know what's in the works. And every step of the way, you're right where you need to be at that time. Now, somebody else might come in. Let's say you're fixing uh, Thanksgiving dinner or or whatever you know that's usually a high pressure meal and you're still working on you've got almost everything done the turkey's in the oven it's just about done you're just working on finishing up some of the desserts but they're not they're impatient and so they come in well why isn't it done well it's right where it needs to be it's it's just right where it needs to be and many times that's where we are we're, we're looking in our life and it's not where i want it to be yeah but it's right where god wants it to be I guarantee you, you're right where you need to be. You say, well, I've made some bad choices. Well, that's okay. That didn't come as a surprise to spirit, to God. None, nothing that you have done or will do comes as a surprise to God. God knows every part of your life, what has happened, what is happening, and what will happen. And even though there are a multitude of decisions and choices that we make throughout every minute of every day, God already knows which choice we will make. And even science, <laughs> with quantum physics and everything now, has realized there are myriads of possibilities for each of our lives, and those possibilities all exist at the same time. And it's a matter of us walking in, in, into those possibilities. Well, God already knows which of those 
we're going to step into. And we're right where we need to be in the process. Because the process is not, as I said, to get us fame and fortune. Now, that may be an end result. But the process, if we would begin to realize what is the purpose of it all, the purpose of it all is to get what is in us out, to allow that deposit of God within us to come forth. That is the purpose of it. And whatever it takes to get there, that's where God's bringing us through. And we don't understand it, and many times we don't like it. But that's why. That's the purpose of it, is to get that out. And we are going through the process of being formed, just like we're being baked. We're, we're being made into something that is beautiful and precious. And so every step of the way, you know, you're mixing the ingredients together. Like I said, sometimes it's messy, and it gets, you know, there's, there's a cracking going on. There's a pouring going on. There's a spilling sometimes going on. Then you go in the oven, and, and if you've ever baked, you know this. Every oven is different. And you might think it should take this long. Well, in this oven, it might take a different amount of time. And so if you go to a different oven, you go to a different uh, kitchen somewhere, well, it's going to take, it may take longer, it may not take as long. But that pie or that cake is right where it needs to be. It's coming along. You are right where you're supposed to be. So right now today, just accept it. Say, okay, just take a day, just take a breath right now and just think, Thank you. Thank you, God. I'm right where I'm supposed to be. And accept that. Accept it. And just close your eyes and just breathe for a second. And realize God has me right where I'm supposed to be. And he's forming Christ in me. He's forming that Mashiach within me. Messiah is in there working, coming forth. That Buddha nature is coming forth. You know, in Jeremiah... God says in chapter uh, 29 of Jeremiah, says, I know the thoughts that I think towards you, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you an expected end. So God knows, God has good thoughts towards you. And you may think, well, I've screwed up. I've done this or I've done that. And other people may constantly remind you of that. But God knows where you are. God accepts you. God loves you. Right as you are, right where you are, you're accepted. God has thoughts of peace towards you, not of evil. He has an expected end for you, and you are you are coming along towards that end. And it can be a much smoother process if you and I both, <laughs> if we can just every, as often as we can throughout each day just realize I'm right where God wants me God was within me his nature is within me his character is within me that's the glory of God it's in me it's working through me and people and even me myself will begin to see that coming forth in first John he says behold what manner this is chapter 3 of first John Behold what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us, that we should be called, and and King James says sons, but really it's children. We should be called the children of God. But the world doesn't know us, because it, it, it didn't even know Jesus when he was here. But it says now we are the children of God. We're not mature yet. We're not 
there in that place where our expected end, we haven't gotten there yet. It doesn't yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, or when uh, other translations, that word appear is actually manifest. When he shall manifest, we shall be like him. In other words, as he's manifested through us, we're more and more, we become more and more like him. For we shall see him as he is. And every man, every, every person that has this hope within himself or herself purifies himself or herself, even as he is pure. The word hope is expectation. And as we have that expectation, as we walk in that, we're consciously aware of that, of that expectation. We are purified in our life. It's, and it's not just a, a snap thing. It's a process. We don't like processes. We like instant stuff. But the things of God, the things of spirit, things of truth and of life are processes. You don't have a baby one minute and then that baby be grown up and and living on its own the next. It's a process. But as we are aware of this and as we have that expectation, just as even God has given us an expected end he has an expected end for us as we realize that expectation what is it for his nature his character his all that he is all that god is to be manifested through us then it purifies us even as god that thing in us is pure god has a plan and like i said we don't always understand the plan we may not even like the plan but there is a plan, and everything in, in our life is bringing us to that place. You are good enough for God, but you're not there yet. You're good enough, but not yet, and that's, that's a, an irony. That's a, that's, it's almost you're saying one thing and then turning around saying something else. It's, you, you are good enough, but you're not yet there, and going back to our cake analogy, you can keep looking in that oven, and the more you open the door and look, <laughs> the longer it's taking. But that cake is coming along just where it's supposed to be. And it's only going to, you know, you can't speed it up. You can't make, if you try to, you're going to ruin the cake. You can try to turn it up, it'll ruin it. You turn it down, it's going to ruin it. It's got to be at that, at that one place and just accept it. Accept it and go with it. Because it's going to take as long as it takes. You know, somebody might say, well, that cake should only take... 30 minutes to bake well that's fine if that's what you think but it's going to take as long as it takes however long that is and somebody you know that's impatient will come in there in the kitchen and say well why isn't it done well it's where it needs to be it's just right where it's supposed to be right this second but it's not yet there it's good enough it's it's right where it needs to be but it's not yet there Hey, I hope you're being blessed by our podcast today. We wanted to pause for just a second and remind you to please, when you get a chance, check out our website, EmergeNashville.org, or you can also go to EmergingDaily.com, whichever one is easier for you to remember. Uh, But please check those out and read up on uh, our our vision, our mission, um, and how we're wanting to make an impact on our region and on the world. Um, pray about possibly being involved with what we're wanting to do 
Um, we're wanting to pretty soon start within the next few weeks, hopefully, start having some uh, worship and teaching times. We'd like to do that in Lebanon and in Nashville. We're still looking for some worship leaders and musicians. So pray about all that and also pray about supporting this podcast, if you would. And thank you again for listening. And we'll get back to our message here in just a second. You are good enough for God, but you're not there yet. You're good enough, but not yet. And that's that's a an irony. That's a that's it's almost you're saying one thing and then turn around saying something else. It's you you are good enough, but you're not yet there. And going back to our cake analogy, you can keep looking in that oven, and the more you open the door and look. <laughs> the longer it's taken, but that cake is coming along just where it's supposed to be. And it's only going to, you know, you can't speed it up. You can't make, if you try to, you're going to ruin the cake. You can try to turn it up. It'll ruin it. You turn it down, it's going to ruin it. It's got to be at that, at that one place and just accept it, accept it and go with it because it's going to take as long as it takes. You know, somebody might say, well, that cake should only take 30 minutes to bake. Well, that's fine if that's what you think, but it's going to take as long as it takes, however long that is. And somebody, you know, that's impatient will come in there in the kitchen and say, well, why isn't it done? Well, it's where it needs to be. It's just right where it's supposed to be right this second, but it's not yet there. It's good enough. It's, it's right where it needs to be, but it's not yet there in our life. That's, that's what's going on. We're good enough. We're right there where we should be, but we're not there yet. We're not where we're we're not at that end we haven't gotten to the end yet but we're right where we should be and if we can accept it it purifies us it cleanses us in second corinthians paul says we all as shown in a mirror the glory of the lord let me change my translation here let me go back to the king james because that's what most people understand and it's pretty easy to understand we all with open face, beholding as in a glass the glory of the Lord, are changed into that same image from glory to glory. It's a process. But we're changed by the Spirit of the Lord. Young's literal translation says it this way. We all with unveiled face, the glory of the Lord beholding in a mirror, in other words, beholding the glory of the Lord in a mirror, are being transformed to the same image from glory to glory, even as by the Spirit of the Lord. There's a process that you're going through. It's not always easy. It's not always fun. There are good times. There are bad times. There are prosperous times and there are lean, lean times. But you're right where you should be right now, right this minute. And this is the only time that you have. You don't have a tomorrow. There is no such thing as tomorrow. And there really isn't a, such a thing as yesterday. There's only the now. And as we realize we are only in the now and we can only be where we are. <laughs> we can't be where we're not yet at. And we can't be where we were. We can only be where we are. But realize where we are. Accept where we are. And say, okay, here I am. And then realize we're just where we, sh- we should be. And allow God to work from where we are, from this moment. Realize I am where I am. See, when, when God appeared to Moses in the burning bush. Well, there was See, this is another uh, allegory. People argue about whether there was a real bush and what kind of bush it was and so on and so forth. And they're, they're missing the whole point. Moses was the bush. 
And God was in him saying, I am that I am. Here I am, and I am that I am. Moses had to accept that. Here I am. I am. Not I will be, not I was. You know, he, he was living in the Pharaoh's household. But now he's out here tending sheep. He doesn't know where he's going to end up. But he had to accept where he was. Here I am. I am. You are where you are. That's the only place you are. Papa, the sailor man. I am that I am. You are what you are. You can't be more than you are. and You can't be less. You are just that. You just, you just are. But accept what you are. Accept where you are. Because that, that makes you you is actually God. It comes from God. Allow it to work in you. Allow it to, to do its thing. You are the only one that ever will be or ever was that can manifest God the way you can. Nobody else can do it. God had a purpose to experience himself, itself, in such a way that only your life was able to be the vessel for that. And you are unique in that way. And accept that. Accept that. Let's think right now. God is experiencing itself in and through me. Now that's maybe a little different from any kind of theology that you may have been taught or, or brought up in, but God is experiencing itself in and through me. And it's saying, I am, I am. That's the only I am there is. And when we can try to compare ourselves with others, you know, Paul speaks of this. He says not to compare ourselves with ourselves. And he's talking about with others. With, don't compare yourself to somebody else. Don't compare your life to somebody else's. Look at where you are because you're unique. And there's no one else that has ever been like you and nobody else will ever be like you. And accept where you are and surrender to that that is within you, that process that's going on. It says in Acts that when, when Paul saw the vision of Jesus, he said, why are you kicking against the pricks? Don't fight the process. There was a process going on within Paul at that time. Paul was standing there when Stephen was stoned, Stephen was had been a, was a deacon in the church, and how we think of deacons today and how they were back then is completely different. I'm not getting into all that right now, but Stephen was was trying to share his testimony of what was going on in his life, trying to share. He he was sharing he was sharing about from what we refer to as the Old Testament and showing how. God was working all through all of that, even into where he was in his life. And uh, he was stoned. They didn't want to hear what he was trying to say. And Paul was standing right there. Paul's name was Saul at that time. And he was standing right there. And then he was even trying to gather up others that were sharing in the same way to have them killed. But what Stephen had said obviously had an effect on him. And there was things working on the inside of him. And sometimes when things are working on the inside of us that we don't understand and that we don't like, we'll fight against that thing. And so Paul was fighting against and wrestling, just as Jacob wrestled with himself. Paul, or Saul, here is wrestling with himself. And then he saw a vision of Jesus and asked him, why are you fighting this thing? Realize what's going on. 
surrender to what's going on inside of you. Don't fight it. Realize that it's a process of God bringing death in some areas of your life to bring more life, the life of God in those areas. You are good enough for God, but you're not there yet. You're good enough, but not yet. But allow surrender to the process. You know, in our previous, if you were able to hear it, I shared a little bit about how Jacob wrestled with himself. A lot of people say he wrestled with an angel. Some people say he wrestled with God, but it was really himself. And the angel or the, or God or himself really is what it was. The word angel just means messenger. And it was that message that was working on the inside of him, just like Jesus asking Paul, why are you kicking against the pricks? This thing was going on in him. Jacob had basically stolen the birthright from his brother. He didn't literally steal it, but he manipulated his brother out of it. And he had gone off, started his own family. But then he heard that Esau, his brother, was coming to see him. And it scared him because he thought, well, maybe his brother was coming to, to kill him and get back all that, that Jacob had. And so he was in a place, he didn't know what he was going to do. But he was right where God wanted him. And he said he was with, by himself. And then it says that he wrestled with a man till daybreak. But it says that he, this man, quote unquote, that was wrestling with him, grabbed him in the hollow of his thigh. Now, really, in a man, the hollow of his thigh, basically he grabbed him by the balls and wouldn't let go. And Jacob says to this, quote, man, what's your name? Well, it turns it around and asks Jacob, well, what is your name? Jacob had to finally come to terms and realize who he was. He said, well, my name's Jacob. I'm a heel grabber. I'm a manipulator. I'll find whatever weakness is in you, and I will use that thing to manipulate you in however way I can for my own gain. He had to come to terms with who he was. And then this that he was wrestling with says, well, now that you have accepted who you are, who you've been, what you've done, don't live in that anymore. Don't live in the past. You are not a manipulator. You are a prince of God. You are, you shall rule as God. And he changed his name to Israel, which, depending on how you want to interpret it, means a prince of God, but really it means he shall rule as God. And as you realize who you are and who's in you, what's in you, and accept that I am right where I should be right now. Then you purify yourself, even as that thing that's in you is pure. You have this hope within you that what is in me is coming through. And I am right where I need to be. And I shall rule as God in my life. Not as an antichrist, not as something instead of Christ or instead of God. But I'm ruling as the Son of God in my life. And allow that which is in you to begin to rule. Allow God to work the process that he's working. See, this is what it means when in Second Peter, he says, in Second Peter chapter 3, he says, Knowing this first, the scoffers will come in the last days, walking according to their own lust, saying, Where is the promise of his coming? 
See, it's not talking about him coming. We always are, have been taught, or I was anyway, most of the church world is taught this and has been taught this, that anytime it's talking about, quote, his coming, it's talking about Jesus coming in the clouds. And that's not what it's talking about. It's talking about his coming, the Christ nature coming and manifesting in us, in our life. So where's the promise of coming? Where is it? it's, it's not here. It's not coming. And they lose heart. They fall away. You know, I spoke ye- uh, yesterday in, in that edition of our podcast about the scandalizo and how that we can become offended by things. Well, people become offended by the fact they think he's not coming in, in me. He's not coming in this situation. He's not coming in my life. And so they lose heart. They fall away. They become entrapped and ensnared and scandalized instead of holding on to hope. The hope that, yes, he is coming. I might not be able to see it right now, but he's coming in me. He's coming in my situation. He's coming in my life. When he says in verse 9 of that same chapter, he says, The Lord is not slack concerning his promise, as some count slackness, but is long-suffering toward us, not willing that any should perish, but all should come to repentance. He's waiting and working until our minds, our thoughts, our imaginations are changed. That word repentance means to change, not just to, it's to a change in direction, but really it's a change of thought that produces a change in direction in our life. And so until our mind becomes renewed, God is working and he's trying to bring all of it around, all of it back around, all of it unto him. Yeah, you know, I could go on into that. It, it, it's some pretty deep stuff there talking about um, the elements will melt. Well, what are the elements? And people say, well, the elements are the, the elements that we call elements that are on uh, the periodic table. Or even some people just say, well, it's just the earth itself is going to melt and blah, blah, blah. Now, the word elements there is not dealing with what we call elements. The word is is a translated from a Greek word and it has more to do with the laws and, and the the processes that God is bringing us through and those laws will be melted away and I'm not, I'm not getting into all that today but just know that you are good enough for God but not yet you're good enough for right where you are except where you are and realize there is a process working have faith in that process have faith in God that word faith really the doesn't mean a hope and the word hope in the bible actually means expectation faith is a certainty that word faith actually means certainty to be assured to be certain yes god is working and i'm okay i am okay i'm i'm okay with god and allow the process to continue to bring about the perfection hastening the coming of the lord in you in that process in the in your situation in your life Thanks for listening today, and we hope you were stirred to put love into action. Feel free to send your questions or comments to EmergeNashville at gmail.com, and please consider donating on our website, EmergeNashville.org, or write to Emerge P.O. Box 3242, Lebanon, Tennessee, 37088.